welcome to the Training Design Podcast. 45 minutes-ish of practical tips and insights on training design with me, Terry Pierce of Untold Play. And me, Sheridan Webb of the Training Designers Club. On this week's episode, we've got Jeanette Tessier, who's an expert in online courses. In the first couple of episodes of this season, we talked about virtual live training. Uh, Jeanette knows a lot about that, but she knows even more about online courses and she's going to talk to you a little bit I think about the difference today between the two and some really practical tips about how to do online courses. Jeanette do you want to t- uh, start us off just talking a little bit about what you do? Yeah sure so uh, I run uh, the Get That Gang uh, which is uh, online services really for small business owners uh, including subject matter experts uh, which comprises Get That Course Online and Get That Website Online. Uh, So uh, it's something that uh, has come about quite naturally for me. It's been an organic business growth uh, but based really on on my passions for those two things and working with them and, and then finding out that other people quite like me to work with them on them as well uh, so uh, so yes yeah, so I'm very fortunate to have a business that uh, uh, I really truly enjoy excellent and I think the um, well, there's been a massive interest recently hasn't there with putting more things online because I think what a lot of L&D departments and a lot of freelance trainers have realized is we need to really have that that breadth of offering we can't have all our eggs in one basket anymore so um, I think there's a lot of people interested in creating online courses at the moment, which is why we invited you in. <laughs> yeah, and you're absolutely right. I think um, for a long time, uh, online courses was one of those things that for the majority of trainers, it was something that was, a, oh, yeah, I'll get around to that. Yeah, that, that's going to be important at some point. And, and the mythical at some point never really arrived until lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it was really a question of, oh, actually, I really do need to start thinking uh, about this stuff and understanding what it's all about. Uh, now, whilst I would never have wished the coronavirus uh, on, on the world in order for that to come about, it was certainly a question of being right place, right pl- right time to, to be in a position to help people understand sort of all the different nuances uh, around the different types of online training that there are. Of course, the biggest split is between virtual live and online courses. And uh, really, some of my work has just been helping people understand that, Mm. uh, actually, because a lot of people are coming into this world uh, sort of, you know, really trying to play catch up um, uh, and uh, and wishing they'd learned about it yesterday when they need to deliver today. Uh, So, uh, so yeah, so it's uh, it's about sort of helping people understand what the different things are and then helping them understand how to get better uh, at each of them, really. Great. And I think that might be a good place to start. I'm sure lots of the people who are listening are fairly okay with that divide, but let's, let's try and make sure they all are. I mean, how would you characterize the difference between virtual live and online and, and also why you might prefer one to the other? And can I also throw into that a third option, which is e-learning, with the difference with, it, with e-learning as well? Sure. So for me, the, the divide uh, starts at the top with uh, this wonderful word training uh, that we're all involved in. Uh, and then you split that into face-to-face training. And then the other uh, thing is everything else, which let's call it online training for, for the sake of argument. And then within online training, I would split that into the stuff that's done live. So virtual live training. And the stuff that is pre-recorded or what I call online courses. Uh, and online courses are also have the ability to be split into two. One of which is sort of pre-recorded videos uh, with humans in them, I guess, an instructor taking the lead to take you through the online course. And the other side is what you've just mentioned, Sheridan, which is e-learning, which for me is more of the animated stuff uh, and particularly actually the stuff that people would recognize in a corporate setting, which is more of the interaction side of things. Uh, And I do think that there is a difference between those two. Uh, So a lot of freelance and independent trainers, for example, won't necessarily have access to the sort of uh, subscriptions and the equipment and the technical know-how to create corporate level e-learning training with all the interaction and that kind of thing. Because there is a, it's quite price prohibitive uh, Mm. for some of those things. Whereas freelance and independent trainers will have lots of ability to create pre-recorded videos, either with them speaking to camera or speaking over the top of PowerPoint slides or keynote slides or whatever their preference is and being, if you like, the lead instructor to take them through uh, a learning intervention. Uh, So sort of roll it back up again. The difference, therefore, between virtual live and and online courses is that virtual live is delivered as we're recording this now 
um, uh, it is delivered in a sort of a continuous stream. And that can be either uh, through a series of smaller training workshops, facilitated events, that kind of thing, or it can be through something like a webinar. Uh, where it is a, it's more like a traditional I guess university lecture, lecture in that respect but either of those things can can be called a, a virtual live for sure I think another potential confusion point is that sometimes people will record a virtual live training either a facilitated <laughs> workshop or a webinar and then try and sell it as an online course and actually it's not an online course it is just a replay of a virtual live uh, training event Sure. That makes a lot of sense of the divide. But and you've kind of your passion and where you've made most of your work is around that uh, the online courses as opposed to virtual. Why is that? I think it was because it was the first thing that I came across, really. Although I kind of I fell into understanding how to do virtual lives by accident as a result of doing the work I was doing on online courses. Because when I first started as a freelance trainer, one of the things that I wanted to do just purely for myself was find a way of um, providing online courses, although I, I wasn't familiar with all the terminology at that point when I was first learning, all I wanted to do was find a way of recording some videos and being able to, to sell them to people. That was literally how I started. Mm. Uh, and then I sort of uh, got into it, started looking at it, uh, experimented with, with a few ideas, that kind of thing, made all the mistakes that you can possibly make. Uh, with uh, creating online courses and then after about six months I was uh, in the forum uh, that we all know and love uh, the trainer talk community it wasn't a membership back then Uh, it was just a Facebook community and there were a few people saying oh does anybody know anything about online courses so I piped up and said well yeah actually I've been researching it shall I put on a webinar uh, which, of course, is a, is a virtual live training. Uh, and so I ended up putting on a webinar just really to run through everything that I'd learned to that point um, with no expectation of anything. But that really was kind of the turning point. That was the starting point for me thinking, oh, hang on. I mean, I thought I was behind the curve uh, on that. Um, and then realizing that there was a lot of mileage to be had, had out of helping other trainers understand what it was all about and how to do it effectively efficiently and in an engaging way Uh, and that I think is is key to why it's taken so many trainers so long to want to embrace online is because we've all been exposed to some really rubbish stuff back at the beginning of the century which was essentially you know watch a video and click a multiple choice questionnaire that you can take as many times as you like until you get the right answer and bingo you can use a fire um, extinguisher I mean you know dreadful stuff really awful it kind of it it just grew from there really it was it was purely selfish same with websites purely selfish wanted to learn how to do it myself and then discovered that uh, well funnily enough no big surprise as a trainer I had the ability to to help other people understand how to do it as well good stuff so you started to talk a little bit about mistakes there, and yeah, I've definitely seen yeah. some of those, uh, some of those bad, bad uh, online courses. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, all of our uh, audience are designers. Uh, I'm sure they're not going to make some of the absolute worst mistakes. I did. Uh, okay, <laughs> but but did in the past, in the past. Um, I did because I, because I listened to Jeanette's expert instruction. Um, just, just, so just before you go into your next yeah, question, right. Terry, my my very very first dabble with this was basically a narrated presentation. Um, and I, I, at the time I didn't have decent internet, so I couldn't actually do filming and do the, the narration at the same time. My internet couldn't cope. Um, and although, do you know what, I'll be honest with you, you can still get it now. You can still get it um, via the Train Designers Club and all this. The content is good. I, I stand by that. The content is good, but my goodness, the delivery is dire. So, <laughs> and it's just one long thing. So, yeah. you know, you do have to sit there, prepared to sit there for 20 minutes and listen to me. <laughs> so, yeah. So and, that was and, mistake number one. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. And I made exactly the same mistake. Exactly the same mistake. You know, I, I, I was quite hubris about it because I was coming into this world going, well, I'm a trainer. Of course, I know how to design a course and online can't be that different, can it? Um, and, uh, you know, absolutely. I was completely wrong about that. But the same thing. Stand by the content. Delivery was awful. Uh, and, you know, there was so much more to, to learn in and around that as well, along with all the marketing and that kind of thing. 
but to speak specifically to the sort of stuff that, that uh, hopefully would appeal to your audience. Um, in and around the design of online courses, I think the biggest thing is that idea that it has to be one long uh, continuous video and nothing could be further from the truth. And there are lots of different reasons for that. First of all, our attention spans online when we're watching something that is not live are much shorter. And I get that people are going to say, but what about television programs? What about watching a film or something like that? It's a different medium. We, we are used to watching those things in a certain environment. We know and they've got changes watching. of scene, haven't they, as well? They've got changes Absolutely. of scene. They've got changes of character. So Completely. You, and if you properly study the way in which a television program, an entertainment television program, so one of these um, you know, crime programs, uh, um, NCIS or one of those, if you actually look at how they break up the footage, it's very, very choppy and very, very quick. You are mm. rarely staring at the same thing for any great length of time. Mm. But I think the problem that we uh, face when we're trying to put together online courses uh, is that we... As trainers, we naturally want to deliver as much information as possible, because let's not forget, we're used to standing in front of a group of people who could throw any question at us about the subject matter. And somewhere in the recesses of our brains, if we've been doing this for the long enough, we will have an answer for them. And we will be able to uh, facilitate a discussion about the questions that are brought up. It's a completely different concept when you're talking about an online course, but our natural instinct is to want to include absolutely everything that we possibly can. And that leads to two things. It leads to us talking far too much for any one length of time. And it leads to us trying to cram too much information into one learning event. Uh, and those, I would have to say, are the two biggest design type mistakes that, that people make with online courses. You have to chunk it down and you have to keep it short uh, because people's attention spans, even in the time that I started doing online courses through to now, that time has, has got shorter. So I used to talk about the five to seven minute sweet spot. Now it's five minutes max. You know, it, it, uh -huh. there, are, there are always exceptions to the rule depending on what it is you're teaching. But generally speaking, in a corporate environment where, you're, where we're going to be teaching um, uh, and training things like soft skills and, and that kind of thing, you don't have the excuse of needing to go any longer for any particular video. And it would be much, much better. It is much, much better to have a course that is made up of many, many, many short videos than one big long one. Mm -hmm. And the first reason for that is attention span. So I said the second reason is so that people can do what online courses are designed for, which is go back and look at the material again. So they can go back and pinpoint the video where they heard that thing that they can't quite remember now, but they need to go and listen to again uh, and they want to go and watch again. And so it's our job as designers of online courses to make it as easy as possible for people to understand what is in each of those videos so that when they do need to go back uh, and review something, they can find it really, really easily. And that's the biggest benefit that online courses have over any other type of training event. Because with a face to face, you've got your memory. And as we all know, our memories are the worst things at remembering what actually happened and what was actually said. Yeah, we have workbooks and that's fine. But with online courses, people can go back and they can watch exactly the same thing again and refresh their memories. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think as well, presumably that means that you can put things in between those little five minute blocks like questions, social discussion, etc. Self-reflection, all yeah. of that stuff, yeah. really good stuff that enables us to, to deepen and embed the learning. Absolutely little downloads and things like that as yeah. well so if you want to find out more you can add in an article for someone to read or or reference a youtube video or something like that so again yes. that's another way of, of breaking it up but just the the other reason Jeanette if you don't mind me saying why we need to keep those videos short is it's a lot easier for us to film a three <laughs> to four minute video than it is for us to get 15 minutes right in one take Oh, trust me. <laughs> yeah yeah oh no I, I hear you uh, on that one for sure for sure and uh, I know when I'm doing a filming session, I, I tend to film in batches mm. uh, because I, I like to uh, have the same energy coming across uh, in all the videos. And you have the flow then, don't, the mental yeah, flow. Yeah, and, and I have, I mean, my short-term memory is, is really pretty good. So I can remember what I've said in a previous video and refer back to it. So it makes it feel like um, it's, it's properly streamed together. 
but yeah you're you're absolutely right you can always tell when you start filming as to whether or not this is going to be a day with lots of edits or this is going to be a day where it just comes out naturally and, and that's great uh, and I've had one occasion where I sat down to do a whole block of filming and I just couldn't get it right I must have spent about half an hour just trying to do an introductory video and it's like do you know what I'm just going to walk away today mm. it's not happening well, for whatever reason, my brain isn't clicking in, my mouth isn't working properly, I'm tripping over the simplest words, it's going to be a nightmare to edit, just walk away, do something else, because there's always plenty. But uh, you know, that's true of design generally, isn't it? I mean, we have lots of discussions mm. in the Training Designers Club, I mean, it is part art and part science, and, and if your brain isn't in it, sitting, staring at a computer is not going to make it magically appear. So um, and the other thing that we talked about, again, we talked about quite recently, is about setting aside time for design so making sure you are as you said you're going to film in batches we design in a chunk of time because otherwise the flow's not there and you lose your thread and it just takes twice as long at the end of the day completely yeah. so some of the stuff you've been talking about there Jeanette I think is really about uh, the structure of the course overall you're talking about these five minute blocks talking about being able to do stuff in between is there anything else you'd say about uh, what really works well for you in terms of the structure of the course overall overall I think um, helping your learners stay motivated, mm. uh, and, and this I think is probably going to be music to your ears, Terry, because it, it falls under the arena of, of gamification, right? Cool. Uh, and this is about helping people stay motivated and uh, engaged with the material. And there are a number of different ways that you can do that. If you design assuming that people are going to sit down start from the very first video and sit there and go through every single video in order until the end mm. then i think you're, you're heading for a fall yeah. you have to understand that online courses are learner-led control they can pick you up and put you down at any point uh, if they get a knock at the door the postman comes with the latest delivery uh, you know the child is screaming in the background or the dog needs a walk or whatever it might be you know, even if people aren't learning at home, if they're learning in an office environment, the phone rings or, you know, their boss comes over or somebody needs urgent sign off on something. People, generally speaking, don't have that full chunk of time to sit down and watch it start to finish. So what you've got to do is make it really easy for them to be able to pick it up and put it down and pick it up and put it down uh, at any point. So there are a, a few little tips and tricks that they can do uh, with that. And, and I'm sure you'll know far more than I do. But it's just simple things like making sure you have a really good intro. You have really good recapping of where they're at. You also have a really good way of helping them understand how, how far through the material they are. If it's appropriate, congratulating them on the new skills that they've learned, reminding them uh, how far they've come and, and what they now know that they didn't know before and what they can do with that new knowledge and, and how that opens up new opportunities and new choices uh, for them. Um, you know, the, the typical stuff that people will jump on for gamification is things like giving people badges for fin mm. finishing a particular section uh, or awarding them a status that means absolutely nothing other than <laughs> having that little glow of pride that says oh yes you know i got to this point and you can also do other stuff you can introduce some um, competitive element to it so mm. if you have uh, for example within an organization you have a cohort uh, going through a particular training program you can introduce that element of competition which stops them trying to race through the material as quickly as possible but gets them to concentrate on the different bits that you want them to concentrate on uh, and have a leaderboard and, and all that kind of stuff uh, that really helps so uh, so i think i mean you know to tell me your thoughts i'm, I'm fascinated yeah. to, to hear what you think about that no i mean you've hit a lot of bases there in terms of i mean i, I keep saying it I'm, I'm, I'm sure people have heard me say it before but it, gamification is all about motivation and, and tapping into the kind of motivators that, that are really deep for people and that keep them coming back to something um and you've you've talked about a lot of them there uh, I think really well I'd maybe add in you know the other side of the social so there is the competition side but there's also the collaboration side of the social yeah. so things where they're working on a project together or they're helping each other's learning I'm going to say a bit more about that in our mini topic at the end actually mm -hmm. uh, so I won't say too much more about that so I think there's some stuff there definitely um, um, the other thing as well that I just um, is you didn't mention Jeanette and, and I know that you do this because I have experienced it as a learner on one of your courses um, is to play play to the benefits of the fact that it's an online course rather than a live course um, and I absolutely loved your drip fed course uh -huh. where I got a tiny little video to watch every single day mm -hmm. um, and 
and it was brilliant because I would have skipped ahead. I would have missed things out because that's how I am. And I am busy. I'm a busy working mother. But the fact is that most of your videos were around five minutes long. Mm -hmm. And if I couldn't find five minutes in my day to watch that, then there was something seriously wrong with my motivation. (laughs) So I think that's, you know, let's let's play to the benefits that that, um, online courses have over the live in that you can break them down. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is about, let's say, keeping keeping people involved um, worked really well. You're kind of talking about triggers or, or prompts there, which is another another concept that's uh, really well talked about in those kind of circles. But yeah, the, this idea that people's trigger or prompt to do the next action, to watch the next video or take the next step in the course, you need to think about uh, their ability to do that, but also how easy it is, what opportunity there is for them to do that. And if you can mm-hmm. uh, balance those two things, uh, which you can much more easily if you've got mobile and all kinds of other things going on, then yeah, that's great. Yeah, and th- I mean, there there are a number of ways in which you can uh, deliver the information and think about what's going to be the best way to do that. And you're quite right, Sheridan, if, if I'd sort of sat down and created that as an online course that you could have gone in and out of um, however you liked, uh, you know, you've got 18 individual videos there. It's an 18-day course run over three weeks, so mm. I give you six days on, one day off. Uh, Thank you which- very much for that, by the way. <laughs> Catch-up day uh, on that one. Um, but because they're pre-recorded videos, what I actually developed with that, it's an online program, uh, which we haven't talked about, which is using different elements. So I had a live element and a pre-recorded yes. element in there. Um, uh, and the, the live element really was just there in case of questions, in case of clarification, uh, to just help people through the material, but also to get them in a rhythm of learning, uh, which is something that I haven't touched on yet Uh, and that's what drip feeding can do for you but it's also what a really good design can do if you can Mm. keep all your videos at a reasonable reasonably the same length so between sort of four to five minutes per video and have a similar number of videos per section learners can get into a rhythm they can get into this sort of cadence of of learning uh, and having that really helps them stay motivated and stay engaged because like you say it's well if I can't find five minutes you know there, there's something really wrong but that was the beauty of, of that particular course that, that you're talking about and I, I love it as, a, as an example of drip feeding mm. um, for exactly the reasons that you say it kind of it's not fooling people into thinking that there's less to do but it is breaking it down in such a way that it feels manageable Mm. Uh, and then you come out at the end you think actually I've done a lot but because you've done it and it's been regulated over a period of time it doesn't feel like a lot as you're going along Uh, and inevitably with something like that um, it was something that I knew there would be some bits that you'd listen to and go yep got that tick that box no problem and then other bits that would make you think a little bit harder but I think for me one area that is really really important with an online course is to have that kind of explanation up front which is this is how you see success with this course this is what you need to think about doing in order to to get the best success from this course whether it's set aside half an hour a day whether it's uh, sit down with a pen and paper whether it's building reflection time whether it's make sure you don't have uh, any distractions or you know my expectation is that you will be able to do this if you can't do that it's no biggie but uh, you know so giving people that sort of sense that they are embarking on something they will need to commit to doing certain things but by committing to doing those certain things this is what they'll achieve Uh, with it Um, and hopefully you'll agree Sheridan that you know I I gave you that expectation up front for this is how you're going to get the videos this is what I'm going to ask you to do I called it a 10 minute task every day some of them would have taken you 10 seconds yeah um, and some yeah I know this were were half an hour because like you say it depends on on where I was but I as you're talking Jenna I think this hybrid that you're talking about and, and Terry I know you've got some thoughts on this as well so this sort of um online you know self led course mixed in with a live element I think that is something that would very much appeal to those who work in corporate environments Mm -hmm. because you know getting people away from the day job is is a constant challenge whereas if we say actually we want you to do these three modules they're 20 minutes each in this week and then we're going to have either a face-to-face meeting and we're going to really explore that or we're going to have an online seminar about it I think that's a really nice halfway house um, that gets the best out of everything 
Definitely. It can be a really powerful way to, mm. to help people learn. And, and of course, um, also uh, fits with the other big advantage of online is that just because you've got all these pre-records together doesn't mean you have to deliver them all together. And as we all know, learning something over a longer period of time with breaks in between and that kind of thing can really make for a deeper learning experience than trying to shovel everything mm. in, in one go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all know the stats about uh, people's retention of what they've learned from a one day face to face training course. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, that that's another way of using online courses in a blended way like yeah. you're talking about is to use them as refreshers for yeah. things that people have seen uh, in other times of training intervention. I was just going to say the question that's kind of popping up in my head there as uh, just then, but from a number of things that we've been talking about is you're really giving them an answer to the question, what happens if I don't? What happens if I don't log in again? What happens if I don't bother to do the next piece? And you're giving them an answer to that if you get them to make a commitment up front of time or maybe even money in some cases. I mean, not so much for corporate, but, you know. Um, and then if you're getting them to be part of a social group that are all depending on each other, all these different ways of giving them a, a substantive answer to what happens if I just don't bother. Mm-hmm. Which is why I quite like the idea of, um, you know, these ideas come to me as we're talking. Um, so you do the online course, but there is a deadline because there is a live meeting and we do expect you to show up to that and have things to contribute. So I think that would work really, really well. And, and you know, when, we, when we go into the, the new normal, whatever that will be, um, I think everyone's agreed that blended is, is here to stay. And that's a great way to do that blend. You, mm-hmm. you do most of the learning uh, through an online course or through virtual live training. And then maybe you come together for one live event where we consolidate yeah. everything. Completely. And I mean, that that's part of what I love about Blended is it really, it never ceases to amaze me how when I was first talking about this stuff, people assumed that I was talking about online courses because I didn't like face-to-face and nothing could be further from the truth. You know, I'm a face-to-face trainer. That's how I started. Um, same, same as everybody else. I love doing face-to-face training. It's just that my passion is for helping people understand how to use online training and particularly online courses in what they're doing. And the blended model is brilliant. As long as you design for that from mm. the beginning, uh, then uh, then you, the world's your oyster in terms of what you can achieve uh, with it. Uh, and I think it gives us so much more possibility for the effectiveness of the training interventions that we can offer now. Mm. And that can only be a good thing, uh, I think. And particularly as well with the younger generations coming through who are, um, you know, uh, forgive me for the cliche, but they're digital natives. So, Mm. you know, actually having shorter attention spans and trying to do two different things at once and all that kind of stuff is just second nature to them. So we need to design with that in mind Um, and, and, you know, take advantage of that where we can. Uh, to to really get stuff across definitely i think there's been some really really good general kind of tips ideas things that people could uh, take away um i was just wondering if it might be good to kind of ground that a little bit in an example could you maybe talk us through a an online course that you've been involved with that you just think did everything right did things really well (laughs) um one that i've produced or one that i've been involved in either whichever you like depends how modest you're feeling (laughs) (laughs) well you know me terry uh let's talk about one of my courses right so uh, i think one of the ones that i have produced apart from uh the one that sheridan and i were talking about which is the sales acceleration system which is specifically designed to help people really nail down their sales process so it won't be relevant to uh, i'm sure lots of people that, that are listening to this if they're working in a corporate environment but the one that for me really started cementing um, that I was practicing what I was preaching was something called the Easy Online Course Builder. Uh, And this is my course that takes people through from scratch where they think, actually, I'd quite like to create an online course and I know quite a lot about this subject, but I don't know where to start. If that's their starting point, then it takes them through everything they need to do. And the beauty of it, the bit that I love about it, is that it gives them the methodology so that when they get to the end of building their course, they've already got everything in place to be able to put together their sales assets and their marketing assets to be able to sell it. Because that's the biggest stumbling point for independent people trying to put together online courses and sell them. Uh, Not just independent people, because even if you work internally, You've got to persuade people to actually log on to the true. course. True, true. So. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to speak to to what it is that people want. Uh, and that, for me, is, is it does exactly what it says on the tin. It makes it as easy as possible to build an online course. 
uh, and uh, and the methodology is is so true to to everything that I teach people, which is design it in from the beginning, because then by the time you get there, it's just going to be easy peasy to to do what you need to do. And people sometimes don't think that it can be that easy. It really can, but you kind of have to reset your brain as to how you're thinking about your subject matter, which if I might digress slightly is another issue that I see happens with people, um, particularly subject matter experts and particularly trainers uh, who have a lot of knowledge about a subject. So we think we know best as to what it is that people need in an online course. And actually our starting point is not there. Our starting point is with the people we're trying to train and working out what they are looking for. Mm. So instead of building a course and then trying to find the people to, to buy it, let's talk to the people we want to sell to, work out what their biggest pain points and obstacles and challenges are, and then design the course to fit that. Uh, and you will, without doubt, find it easier to, to sell your wares uh, if you're going at it from that point of view. But it is, it's, um, it's not a natural way of thinking about these things uh, for, for a lot of people, particularly if they've come out of a corporate environment and into a freelance environment. Um, because in a corporate environment, certainly in the, in the bad old days, you know, people used to think that send them on a training course was the answer to everything, didn't they? Mm. And it was just, you know, just give me a one day training course on management. Well, hello. I mean, that's uh, sure. Yeah. And then everything will be perfect after that. Until you have to give them another one six years later or whatever. (laughs) Right. Exactly right. And I mean, again, to come back to sort of the generational thing, there are all sorts of research studies that say um, that the younger generations are absolutely used to being able to tailor a learning experience according to their specific needs right so if we can produce courses that give them the ability to have this modular approach of a little bit of this and a little bit of that and something from that one over there because that's what suits their particular personal uh, needs at this point then that is always going to be more successful than giving everybody a sheep dip kind of approach i'm sorry i've digressed from give us a great course but it just it felt natural to to go down that particular rabbit hole it's all great stuff i love the fact that when we were talking about an example of an online course it was very meta it was an online course about online courses (laughs) i know right in in this episode about online courses i love it can i can i just make an observation and then ask a question I shouldn't need to ask permission there, should I? Um, what was going to be my episode? Oh, yeah, we were talking um, in our episodes, I think, on just going to virtual training, how the fact that a lot of freelance, a lot, a lot of trainers, you know, um, are just so good on their feet, it's instinctive. Mm-hmm. So actually, th- to think about the design process is something that they don't normally do because they, they plan it in their head and then they just use all their inherent skills to deliver on the day. So just designing for a virtual live training means they're having to think a lot more about mm-hmm. design. And I think with an online course, you have to think even more about design and go back to you know smaller degrees and first principles even more because it's even with a virtual live training, you can still flex a little bit on mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. But with, with an online course, you can't. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, and that again, it comes back to to the point I was making about cramming, and it's a it's a great point that you made there, Sheridan. Um, you know, we we again we are trying to to get far too much information across, but actually, and particularly if we are um, uh, trying to sell these things as part of our business, we're cutting our noses off to spite our faces if we try and put too much in one course, mm. because what you want is the follow on for people. You want to give them such a good compact really effective training intervention with your online course that they go brilliant where's the next one i can sign up for Mm. Um, well you know that's the mistake that i made because i put everything i knew into a course on how to design training and actually a lot of people don't need that level of detail yeah they just want a bit guidance yeah so yeah absolutely so it's a brilliant example a brilliant example but you know i I too fell absolutely slap bang into into that trap uh when i was first designing which which is um you know exactly why it's part of of what i help people understand now uh, and really take them back to basics i mean there's a couple of things that i will say to people when they are in the process of creating their first online course the purpose of your first online course is not to get that training across it's to create an online course 
because what you're doing is learning a new skill. And that comes back to what you were saying, Sheridan, about lots of trainers are able to think on their feet. Well, yeah, they are now. Mm. But when they first stood up in front of a room of people, they weren't in that position. It was terrifying. (laughs) But it was so long ago, very few of us really remember just how probably bad we were the first I've, time. I've actually got a video of it somewhere. It's on VHS, which has stopped no me from way. watching it for many years. So, uh, but wow. it does. Last time I did remind, did watch it, it did remind me just how nervous and bad I was. Absolutely, but of course, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere, and that I think is something that we can we can judge ourselves a bit harshly about when we're creating online courses. We kind of expect ourselves to be able to produce something perfect straight away. Well, a perfect doesn't exist, and b we're being really mean to ourselves. So we're learning a new skill here uh, and we actually actually do have to spend more time working out how to do it because we haven't done it before mm. and we certainly haven't done it as much as we will have done standing in front of the classroom being able to take anything thrown at us mm. we haven't really talked about what technical ability and technical skills you need to create an online course um, and I think that would perhaps put a lot of people off um, thinking that, well, I'm not a programmer. I, I haven't, you know, I can't invest in fancy software. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. What technical skills do you need, Jeanette, to create an online course? I would say that if you have a smartphone, uh, you've actually got all the equipment that you need to create something that could be called an online course. Where we get caught up is thinking, okay, it has to be at a certain level. And it has to be a certain sort of output and uh, level of professionalism and all that kind of stuff. And there are so many rabbit holes to go down uh, when it comes to thinking about creating an online course. But what I would say, and the good news is that it is way easier to get out there and get started now, today, than it was even two years ago, even five years ago. And certainly any more than about five years ago, you'd have really struggled, I think, to to put something out that you would consider to be professional enough to sell to other people or to put into a, a corporate environment as an independent. Okay, um, so let's let's make the distinction now uh, in terms of the technical stuff that you need. I'm talking very much from the point of view of personally, um, you know, what people as individuals might need if they're doing this on their own. If they have the backup uh, of, of an organization, of a of corporate setting, then the chances are there's going to be some kind of LMS. There's going to be some kind of recording capability uh, that is there, which is beyond the budgets of most individual people, um, but absolutely something that uh, you can do in a corporate environment but for individuals i would say the best place to start is to look at one of the many software platforms that are available uh, to you such as um i'm gonna tell you that bit thank you um, that's all right <laughs> uh, there, there are lots of them uh what i would suggest you do is just take say three and choose between one of those three and really do a deep dive into their knowledge base and their articles and everything they've got to help you understand how to create an online course because it's in their best interests to help you do that as quickly as possible because they want you to keep paying them money mm. to use their software platform so have a look at teachable thinkific or podia podia is an interesting one because it is actually what i would call more of a hybrid uh, online course platform because it offers you the ability to do more than just provide online courses uh, so you have the ability in there to do things like uh, memberships uh, and other bits and pieces like that uh, there are other ones that you might hear of such as kajabi kartra new zenla those are definitely hybrid options and they have way too many bells and whistles that the average trainer needs when they're first starting out. One of my favourite sayings, and, and funnily enough, I was, I was quoted on LinkedIn yesterday, which I think is the first time that's happened to me, um, but a, a proper quote and everything attributed to my name. Uh, and the <laughs> saying is this, only fossils are set in stone. Oh, nice. yes. <laughs> and What the meaning behind that is, whatever you need to decide today, decide, do it, get on with it. And then if you need to change your mind further down the line, you can, because it is very, very easy to do. But what trips us up is that we think we have to make the perfect decision today that we'll use forever. And we absolutely don't. I can tell you for sure, I have bounced between marketplaces, platforms, plugins, back to marketplaces, back to to platforms, and then a hybrid, and then, you know, all over the place, depending on what my my business needed at that particular point Mm. in time. 
so, you know, you don't have to pick one thing and stick with it forever. Just pick what's right for you now. And even if three months, six months down the line, you think, oh, I've outgrown that now, because you may well do uh, uh, that quickly, then great. Then you just move on to something else. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so the, in terms of the technical side of things, those places will be really good. It's in their best interests because you pay them a monthly subscription to host your online course. They are really, really good at giving you um, uh, articles and, and knowledgeable information about creating an online course. It's not always as specific as you might need as a trainer trying to sell to either individuals or to corporates. That's what I would say, because they are they're built for kind of the general public to to be able to take a, a passion project. So somebody that, you know, really enjoys, I don't know, painting. Underwater basket weaving. Underwater basket weaving. <laughs> exactly that. It's my favourite example, that one. So if you're a really good underwater basket weaver, you know, you're passionate about it. Um, you know, it, it might be what's, you know, a horrible phrase, but a side hustle, uh, a mm. side gig, you know, something you do in addition to, to your day job. So those are the people they're sort of aiming uh, their, their knowledge base articles at when you get to the point where you're thinking actually i need something that's a little bit more professional and polished that's where people like me come in mm. uh, and just sort of help you understand what the next step is to, to take but you don't have to do everything straight away you don't have to spend a fortune straight away if you are fortunate to have a little bit of funds in your business to invest i would say get a decent microphone have it as something that is separate to your computer your laptop whatever you use because the quality will always be better than what's built in and the same goes for a webcam get get a decent webcam um and uh, i would recommend the logitech c920 on that except you can't get them for love and money at the moment because everybody's trying to to buy them uh, although if you order on amazon i think they'll promise to get you one by the end of august something like that <laughs> uh, or before the end of august uh, but definitely a decent webcam uh, because again it gives you the ability having it separate to your computer gives you the ability to position it in a way uh, that just makes you come across better on screen. Uh, one of the um, biggest rabbit holes I see people going down when they're looking at buying stuff is they think they need to get green screen and all that kind of stuff. And I can promise you that green screen is way more hassle than it's worth uh, in terms of putting stuff together. Just have a, a nice, plain-ish background. I've got a roller blind. Yeah, exactly. I've just got a roller blind. Exactly that. It's all you need. It's all you need because, you know, you, yes, you want people to connect with you by seeing your face if you're on camera. And I would absolutely advise that you are on camera at least twice, once at the beginning and once at the end, and preferably uh, uh, throughout as well. However, people are less interested in what's going on behind you unless it looks like what I've got at the moment. Really <laughs> really messy office but that's why I've got you know my sort of backdrop that I can pull across like a curtain behind me for when I'm doing filming it needs to be there it needs to be sort of you know the professional image that you want to put across but not distracting for for people because ultimately you don't really want them to be staring at you all the time you want them to to be looking at whatever's going on on, mm. on screen fantastic I think there's some amazingly good stuff there for people to uh, wherever they're out on their journey for online courses uh, get some really practical stuff and go away and put it into action. Did you want to sum up, Sheridan, or shall I sum up some of the key? No, please go ahead, Terry. Sorry. Okay. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I've noticed you've been making lots and lots of notes. Yes, I have got uh, some really big takeaways here, starting with the fact that this is an exploding area. This being, as we said, online courses as opposed to virtual live training. We're an exploding area under lockdown. Lots of people getting into it. Um, and some bad stuff out there. So if we want to stand out and do it engagingly, uh, some of the stuff that I'm taking away from what uh, we've discussed and what Jeanette's, Jeanette's brought to the table is that we want to move away from the idea that it has to be one long video, uh, that we want to work with people's attention spans. We want to try and therefore have maybe five minute max per video if we're using videos or, or five minute max kind of sessions, uh, which makes it easier for people to go back and reference what they've seen and find bits and pieces and do work in between helps us to film in batches as well. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the overall structure and that we want to keep in mind throughout that we need to motivate and keep bringing them back to the table, building things in there, whether they're gamification elements or just thinking about you know, what's in it for them to not put it down and to keep coming back. Is there a progress register? Is there social elements? Is there competition? All these different things we talked about. We talked a little bit about the rhythm of learning and having a kind of a cadence or a pace that helps them feel like it doesn't kind of take much time, that it, that it kind of flows. And we also talked about 
mixing it with all kinds of other things and this idea that blended learning is, is, is you know, perhaps the best way forward when we can. We talked about Jeanette's example where giving the methodology and then building around that methodology really gave the course some grounding and helped people to work their way through it. Uh, we talked about not giving in some of our worst impulses to digress and cram everything in. Uh, so starting with the need of the user and we talked about trying to make it modular so that people can, it can suit people's kind of, uh, you know, modern lifestyle. And then we talked about the fact that when you're creating your first course, don't worry too much. You need to just get something in the can. And then we also talked finally about the technical skills and ability that are needed, which uh, the bar is getting lower all the time. Really all you need is a smartphone. But uh, if you want to start using things like Thinkific, Teachable or Podia, then they are motivated themselves to give you lots and lots of help and guidance. And if you want to spend any money, your top two uh, priorities should be a mic and a webcam. Nice summary. Very good. See, we do listen to our guests. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't doubt it for a second. Fabulous. And make notes as we go as well. So. <laughs> Did you want to add anything, Jeanette? No, I, I, that was a great summary. Thank you very much for uh, letting me have the time to, to waffle on about one of my favourite subjects. <laughs> Fabulous. No, thank you for coming on and, uh, and helping us understand more about it. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us and enlightening us. Hey, no worries. And uh, have fun with the, with the rest of your recording. Cheers. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Jet. So as usual, we're going to spend a few minutes just uh, switching topic a little bit, although actually today's topic is quite closely related to our first topic. I wanted to just mention a little tiny bit about a, a month-long masterclass that I'm on at the moment. Uh, it won't surprise you at all to know that it's about gamification. It's one run by uh, Yukai Chow of Octalysis fame, if anyone's come across him. But it's not so much the content of the course that I wanted to talk about. It's the way the course is being run, uh, which I think okay. is particularly good. So uh, I just wanted to, to kind of, yeah, just observe that, that one of the, the best things about it actually is the, the forum course forum because i've done uh moocs and kind of various online courses which had forums and my forum was supposed to be part of the learning for people to be able to kind of socially learn from each other and, and discuss what they've learned and what they're doing and some of those you know the moocs there's a bit of tumbleweed really in the mm. moocs they're just kind of okay a few people commenting and no real energy and and no kind of big conversations going on and i think that's partly because you know the the that, that's the way that it's been set up you know the the, yeah. the forum's just been put up put there and the entire motivation talking back to some of the things we said earlier about motivation has been left to the individuals yeah so it's, it's almost an afterthought i guess it's like oh we can put a discussion forum in there so we'll just pop it up yeah. there and see what happens exactly so that's what i've encountered a lot but on this course that i'm doing mm. this month i have encountered exactly the opposite that actually it's just been really set up from the go from the word go little bit like Jeanette was talking about with expectations you know the expectation has been uh, drilled in from up front and also the kind of financial commitment that all the people who are on the course have made uh, you know is encouraging them to, to, to follow up on that motivation but yeah drum, drummed in as an expectation uh, you know the content that we're going to give you is less than half of the value of the course and what we're doing here by far the greater part is you processing it commenting it working uh, in project work but uh, but not in a silo you know the most you'll get out of that is by commenting on each other's work and discussing what you've learned mm. um, and just that expectation setting as well as having actually a great forum platform just a really really technically good forum platform that they've obviously you know shelled out for um it's just made all the difference i think mm. in that follow-up but that, i mean that doesn't surprise me in a way terry because we we know um that learning improves when we learn with others mm. um, and that that is a fact um because we do inspire ideas in one another we do build on each other's ideas we do get to look at different perspectives and get to consider things that we might not have considered and i think we talked in one of the other episodes about the value of communities um you know particularly like the training designers club it, it is it's having that group of people who are all motivated and, and supportive really really helps development and i think what you're saying there is you've, you've got that community but you've but even more so it's in a very specific area mm, so the helps. learning is really focused whereas in the learning community it's perhaps a little bit more general mm. yeah that does help but again i do think it's you know if, thinking about how this could be helpful as an insight or, or an area to think about for designers it's about putting that effort in as mm. you designed it you know they've obviously not just thought well we'll rely on the motivation 
of the individuals who've signed up to the course. They thought we are going to do everything in terms of the setup that we possibly can to catapult that forum into energy, vibrancy, effectiveness. So are, are specific questions posted at specific times? Is, I mean, how are they, how are they um, doing that? So, well, most of it is actually off the back of the content. So the, the question mm -hmm. is posted off the back of the content, but there are extra little bits injected in from time to time as well. Uh, there's things about grouping. So rather than just saying, look, everybody comment on each other's work, one of the things we've been encouraged to do is sign up to a group with an animal. You know, I'm in the octopus group because I like octopuses. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you, you know, within the larger cohort, you've got these little mini cohorts that now have a sense of, you know, ownership and community. Actually, oh, mm. I'm part of the octopus. So when an octopus pops up and says, I need a comment on my work, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Yeah. Um, so there's all these little kind of mini systems as well as just the phrasing of everything is always about, okay, what you need to do now having taken in this content is take it away, think about it and do something with it and then post it here and comment on each other's work. Yeah. So that expectation is there. And what's yeah. you just brought to mind, Terry, when we started talking about, you know, sort of doing this podcast, we were thinking about almost discrete learning events. And what strikes to me what you're talking about is, is designing a whole learning system. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Which goes yeah. far beyond the event. You know, yeah. And where does our role begin and end now? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it tries to, to, to bring it uh, into life. But, but really, our role is about making the learning happen. So, yeah. you know, whether that's through an individual event or whether it's through putting something into place so that people go off and do themselves, you know, in many ways, I've always thought of my ideal thing as a learning designer to make sure that you get to a point where both the learning designers and deliverers, content providers, whatever you want to call them, are redundant but yeah. actually the learner goes off and does it by themselves yeah you know you've been successful when you've done yourself out of the yeah, job absolutely mm. yeah good, good that's a bit profound it. if you don't yes. mind me saying i think it's a, it's a great <laughs> note to end on fantastic so, oh that's fantastic no really really thought-provoking and yeah it's um suddenly ex expanding our remit good so as always, uh, I think we're just going to end up with uh, an encouragement to all of our listeners to say, get in touch. There's the Facebook group there. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can also contact uh, me directly uh, via LinkedIn or via untoldplay.com. Yep. So also on LinkedIn, Sheridan Webb. Um, and if you do a search for the Training Designers Club, you will find a website and a Facebook group. And I would love to see you as a VIP member or just join us in the Facebook group. That would be lovely. And in terms of Jeanette, who's unfortunately had to go uh, before she could do her little pitch at the end or around where you should get in touch, we'll, which did we'll, mention... We'll put them in the notes. So it'll, be, it'll be there in yeah, the show notes. She mentioned some of her businesses online. I think the key one in terms of the context that we've been talking about is get that course online. Yeah. Um, so you can get in, get in touch with her via uh, getthatcourseonline.com. Yeah. But also we'll put lots more information about all the things Jeanette's offering and ways that you can get in touch with her in the show notes and of course she's on linkedin as well so absolutely good stuff it's been really good to talk to you today sheridan to have our, our second guest and and focus on i guess the other side of that that coin that we started off with on virtual training now by by to following up with online courses yeah 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 look forward to seeing you again next week okay that's fantastic thanks very much terry cheers take care